here with Damien and Eugene. How are you guys tonight? Good. Feeling good. Doing wonderful. Doing wonderful, man. I mean, uh, I don't know. It's almost a weekend, so I'm happy. That's a good oh, yeah, it is. The weather's supposed to be pretty nice here. Yeah, I'm still not going Yeah. We're supposed huh? to be getting 70s around here. I ain't yeah. going nowhere. Not until COVID goes away. <laughs> well, we don't. We can't do anything. They opened our state, but then a lot of the um, county executives and the mayor of the city said, "Uh-uh." So, even though the governor lifted it, it's only a couple of a handful of counties that can actually uh, are going to actually open, but not even fully. Still, like nail salons, barbershops, things like that. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I'm not. I might, might go hang out with my brother, enjoy some weather outside or something, but nothing yeah. major. Yeah, I might take yeah we still shut down over here. But I am um, <laughs> outside of that. No. Yeah, it's, it's nothing to do. It's nothing to do anyway. But definitely enjoy yeah, it while you can. Yeah. I'm trying, it ain't nothing I'm trying to do. do my part to make sure we have sports in the fall. So yeah, yes, Facts. Yeah. yes, yes. Um, yes. so we're touching on a couple of different things today. Um, but we can start with the stock check. Um, stock up or stock down for the second year quarterbacks hitting into 2020. Um, so there were 11 quarterbacks drafted in 2019. But only six, we expect six to start next year. So, well, this year, this season. So we'll just talk about um, those six. I'll say a name, and then you guys let me know if their stock is up, down, or anything else you want to say about those quarterbacks. Is that cool? Sounds good to me. So we'll start with the number one pick overall last year, which was Colin Merritt. Damien, stock up, stock down. What do you think? Listen, if... Kyler Murray was an actual stock in the stock market. I'm going for broke, baby. His stock is up. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? I'm putting mm-hmm. everything in the savings. I'm trying to get every bit of stock I can so I can cash out. Kyler Murray, not just from not just him as a player, but look at what they've done for him. You know, signing mm-hmm. DJ Humphreys, then drafting, get somehow getting Josh Jones in like the third or fourth round. But mm-hmm. you then swindle. I mean, just like, just bully, you know, Bill O'Brien for DeAndre Hopkins, you know, grabbing Isaiah Simmons and, and getting Devondre Campbell, and, and def- you're pretty much improving the defense to help out your offense. But now you, you also brought in DeAndre Hopkins to truly take your offense to the next level where mm-hmm. Kyler Murray, who was out, who, who was making elite level throws last year with very little time in the pocket, he was sacked 48 times. Now his offensive line is projected to be better, but you also give him an elite number one receiver. Now, no, like, for example, you, you go up against the Niners, Richard Sherman isn't facing Larry Fitzgerald anymore. He's facing just, you know, DeAndre Hawkins. Jalen Ramsey, hey, those guys have history. He's going right back, man-to-man, covering and following DeAndre Hawkins. Christian Kirk is probably getting the number two, the number three corner on the team. Yep. So probably a number four, depends on where they align them. So, it, you know, Max Williams was was a formidable, uh, a formidable uh, tight end for them, and, and he, he he produced at a solid rate. And he, you know, he's not a world beater or anything, but um, I would like to see them upgrade the tight end position. Actually, uh, call the Bucks and get OJ Howard and, and really make it a party. But for me, I just look at Kyler and I say his stock is up. We mm-hmm. have not seen, and I keep saying it, I do not believe we've seen anywhere near the tip of the iceberg of Cliff Kingsbury offense. Now, w- with a pro- with a projected better offensive line and better weaponry for Kyler, I would not be surprised to see him throw 
for 30 or 40, you know, 30 to 40 touchdowns mm-hmm. and, and really rip these defenses to shreds. So for me, Kyler Murray's stock is up. He is actually my MVP candidate. He's my leading MVP candidate um, heading into 2020 because for me, I think this kid is, is legitimately a special player. Mm-hmm. What do you think, <laughs> Wow. Yeah, I'm not – I can't go as far as MVP. I can't go that far. But um, my, I, I am buying stock in, in Kyler because he he was already – I mean, let's get this straight. He's a He's a – good a very very good quarterback mm-hmm. only knock on him is he's short that's yeah. it that's i mean you can i mean you can try to pick apart his game if you want to it's not much to pick apart mm-hmm. but he's a very talented uh very talented quarterback and we have a talented quarterback right there what the cardinals did they took that talented quarterback they decided to protect him and they decided to give him weapons now that makes his life easier and that's one thing the Cardinals have done this offseason. They've made Kyler's uh, life easier. Now he don't have to run to save his life anymore. He can be more judicious with his running ability. Now he's just going to run. If he sees man coverage, he's just going to run and take what the de- defense gives him. Mm-hmm. And he can still – and he can sling that rock. And you're going to have – and now he got a number one receiver where he know is going is going to get open. He he knows that's a completion right there. He sees the hop. He's like, okay, that's an instant completion right there. Two and of the now best he, hand. they got two of the best hands in the league. Exactly. Exactly. And he's going to – um, and that makes life easier for the rest of the weapons on his offense because they're going to see different coverages now. Yeah. And is, and it, now you have a rather new coach who, like, like Dame said, he hasn't implemented all of his system yet, which means that the NFL isn't ready for what he's about to throw at them. So he's going to catch a lot of defenses by surprise. Mm-hmm. So you, you add in – you add up the fact that Kyler is a talented quarterback who's also developing, who's also l- learning the playbook very well, and he's learning what these defenses are trying to do to him. Now you give him weapons, you add all of that up, you gotta buy that stock because he's gonna he's gonna open some eyes and he's gonna he's gonna put some points on the board. Mm-hmm. I know last year they had mentioned how they they wanted to run a certain type of offense, but it wasn't working or translating to wins, so they started changing up things a little bit during the year. And they kind of fared well in a lot of games and a lot of battles. I think they did a lot of great things this offseason where it, the stock has to be up. Like, I can't even see how it can go down at all. So, mm-hmm. I agree with both of you guys with um, Kyle and Mary. Um, but next is Daniel Jones of the New York Giants. Eugene, stock up or stock down for Daniel Jones? I say stock up. I mean, a lot of these young guys, the stock is going to go up because they, that's what they, when they make the biggest jump is from year one to year two. But the thing about Daniel Jones is um, he needs to cut down on his turnovers. Mm-hmm. But he's another guy that was a talented quarterback. I like Daniel Jones coming out because his uh, his decision-making was a little bit faster uh, going through his progressions. He went through that like pretty fast. He didn't just sit there and hold the ball and not trust in his eyes. So I like that about him. and That's only going to get better. Uh, as far as putting weapons around him, um, he's going to have the benefit of a healthy Saquon, and that's, I mean, that's protection right there. Mm-hmm. I don't trust what the Giants did with the offensive line 100%. I still need to see it. So he's still probably going to get some pressure. But overall, I think the Giants found their legit uh, franchise quarterback, so I will buy stock in Danny Dimes. Mm-hmm. What about you, Damien? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely buying stock in Danny Dimes. He... Similar to what I was talking about from, from with Kyler Murray, 
Danny Dimes made some really impressive throws last year. And mm-hmm. I will point back to the game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers where they came back and won that game. He, he just played out of his mind, making, like, legit the nickname fit, you know, Danny Dimes. He was throwing mm-hmm. dime after dime after mm-hmm. dime. But not with the, the other aspect of his game, his legs, he's mobile, and he can move. Yeah. And I think now bringing in Andrew Thomas um, – with their first pick in, you know, the top pick in the first first round, uh, if Nate depends on what happens with Nate Solo, I think their offensive line, once they get that co that cohesion and they're a unit, they're playing as a unit, and, and Saquon starts starts rolling, um, mm-hmm. and what you know, looking at Danny Dimes, I love the fact that his chemistry with Darius Slayton, the other rookie they had last year, like they have a legit chemistry. I think he will be mm-hmm. come that number one receiver for them. Um, hopefully Evan Ingram, if Evan Ingram stays healthy, he is a a true mismatch. Like, it's not many linebackers or safeties that can run with him because he is a legitimate wide receiver playing tight end. Um, mm-hmm. So I, when I look at Danny Dunn, like, like Eugene said, he has to cut down on those turnovers, be more careful with the football, um, not as many fumbles, and especially not as many interceptions. You know, once he, you know, as he gets better and matures, from a mentality standpoint and, and uh, from the mental aspect of the game and the IQ, knowing what he's seeing, trusting what he sees, um, not just sticking to one read, but trusting his O-line, gaining that pocket presence, I think the sky's the limit for the kid because he has a good arm, he's mobile, he's accurate. Like I said, he just gotta, he just has to continue to mature and cut down on those, on those turnovers. But, yeah, my stock's up for him. Mm-hmm. I think it's like what Eugene said about the offensive line. Until we can see that and know that it's been fixed or it's better than it has mm-hmm. been, mm-hmm. we really won't know. Um, that and health. Um, because even thinking about, like, Sterling Shepard, you know, he he wasn't able to play a lot last year either. Mm-hmm. And um, Golden Tate, he was suspended and he had issues too. So I think that they have enough weapons around him as far as, like, running backs, tight ends, or wide receivers. But that offensive line is the most important thing. So if they fix that, then definitely stock us up for Daniel Jones. For sure. Um, next is Dwayne Haskins. Stock up or down for Dwayne Haskins, Damian? Hmm. He plays for the Redskins. <laughs> <laughs> That's a stock killer right there. Right. <laughs> let, let, me, let me explain a little bit. So I was watching some film on, on Dwayne Haskins, and I, I like him. I like his abilities. Um, like, crazy enough, like for a guy to run like the four yard. I mean, I'm just saying the four yard dash is overrated for those who don't know. Because there's a couple times what? last year. Yeah, like it's not that they don't know this, Eugene. Like they really, you know, everything's about the forty. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like he he, he was definitely dirt slow in that forty yard dash. But I do think he lost some weight too this off season. Um, just mm. a lot slimmer on social media, but. And he's been putting in a lot of work. He's like his mentality. He wants to be great, so I can never knock a guy for that. Um, mm-hmm. Watching him last year, he got he, he got busy a couple times. You know, kind of big finish, kind of throwing um, mm-hmm. tacklers off of him, and then he got an open field and got the, the you know he ran for the first down, was able to you know kick those big legs out in stride and stride and get upfield. So he he moves a little bit better than than uh, the forty yard dash would insinuate, but. Um, for me, when it comes down to his stock, man, it's hard. Like, because I think he's a ta- he's a talented kid, and I and like I said, watching his film, he can play. He 
he legitimately was dealt a bad hand. His best okay. receiver was a rookie that he played with in college. They, you know, tight end, like, who was it, Vernon Davis? Like, I mean, I think he's, he's retired mm-hmm. now. So, like, okay. Jordan, Jordan Reed, Reed couldn't stay mm-hmm. healthy. Um, Kelvin Harmon was another rookie. Like, his mm-hmm. offense was built on young players. Uh, Steve, Steven Sims, another young player. Like, all the offensive young. line just, like, didn't have the cohesion. Your Pro Bowl, all pro left tackle is is at wit with the whole organization. And he said, screw you guys. Like, this kid was dealt a bad hand. And anybody that yeah. ignores that is is fickle. And Because if it was your quarterback, you'd be like, hey, you know, things aren't right. Like, so you, mm-hmm. you, you, we need to analyze the whole situation and not just put him under the microscope. Put the whole organization and what he was dealing with under the microscope. For me, when I look at it, I... I believe in Dwayne Haskins, and I'm going to say stock up slightly. So, because I think he, as a player, gets better in 2020. Um, I like what they did going out there. Of course, getting Chase Young, helping that defense to become a legit defense, a defense that's going to be able to move, be versatile with their with their front seven and their sets, get after the passer, stuff the run, and hopefully create some turnovers, give him the ball back, because we know the, as you saw with your Ravens last year, Shannon, the more times the offense has the ball, the better their chance of scoring. So, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully the you know the improvements defensively, hopefully when Ruben Foster comes back healthy, a forgotten man since he had the, the legal issues that really mm-hmm. was complete BS uh, with, with the lying and accusations from that young lady. But then he mm. tore his ACL in camp last year. So if he can stay healthy through 2020, I think he's going to be a legit playmaker for their defense. And they could do a lot of things. Um, I love the fact that they went and grabbed AGG, you know, and, and, um, out of uh, oh, I forget the school, the Liberty. Liberty. Yeah, Liberty. Yeah. Uh, so grabbing him a bit, another big body, like downfield area code vertical threat that can mm-hmm. really go up against the football. Is he the most natural separator? No. But when you have a guy like uh, Terry McCorn who can legit beat any type of coverage, you just need guys who can catch the ball and make plays. And that's what that that was the biggest thing. He he lacked playmakers last year, so I mm-hmm. think this year they'll be better. And the the ones the X factor, Ron Rivera said Antonio Gibson, running back receiver out of Memphis, reminded him of Christian McCaffrey. Hmm. And when I looked at that, I said it's not far fetched at all because you had a guy that was playing legit majority of his snaps at slot receiver. So you know he can run routes. You know he can split mm-hmm. out against the corners and safeties and linebackers. But then he has the six. Six foot, two hundred and twenty-three pound frame, and he runs a four-three-nine. He's a legit yeah. freak of nature. So you put mm-hmm. him at running back. I'm just gonna say this for fantasy purposes, Darius Geis owners, you might want to sell. Did we talk about sell stocks him. and shares? You might want to sell that because I think Antonio yeah. Gibson becomes the player in that backfield, and that mm-hmm. only makes this Dwayne Haskins job so much easier because yes. you got a tool. Like like a Christian McCaffrey, like a Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott. If you have a tool like Antonio Gibson, that chess piece that you move around your offense, it creates so many mismatches and allows Haskins to have someone to trust when those downfield threats are taken away. He could check it down and let Gibson, because who's a home run threat, make plays. So I, I say sl- mm-hmm. slight stock up for Dwayne Haskins. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Eugene? <clears throat> Dwayne Haskins, like the player is he's going to get better. Um, I'm not sure exactly how the organization is going to handle him, 
But him as a player, he's is definitely uh, – I mean, first off, I didn't think he should have played at all last year. I didn't think he was ready to play. I didn't think he was ready to play coming out of Ohio State. Um, I think I thought he needed a lot of work. But they threw, they threw him in there, and he took his lumps. But he took his lumps, and he came back for more. He came back, learned from his mistakes. So he's already improved a little bit. And now they add some weapons for him. They're going to try to protect him a little bit more. Um, the thing with Dwayne Haskins is he can get by just managing the game right now. Like, mm-hmm. I, if I'm Ron Rivera, I'm not asking him to do a whole lot. I'm not asking him to air it out 35 times a game. I'm going to, I'm going to play off the strength of my team, which is my defense and my defensive line, and I'm going to use my running game. And I'm going to try to win with that until Haskins uh, gets up to speed and they get the weapons around him in order to be uh, uh, to be a dominant offense. Mm-hmm. Um, I want. I mean, if it was just Dwayne Haskins, I would say I'll buy. I'll, I'll buy the stock. But it's the Redskins and Dwayne Haskins, right. so I can't. I can't buy that stock. I don't. I don't trust. I don't trust the Redskins with my money. <laughs> and that's that's basically what I was going to say. It's like you don't. You don't want to think that, you know, he can't improve or he can't be better. But when you look mm-hmm. at the organization that he's dealing with, I mean, reports started coming out right before the draft that they were talking about getting a quarterback, you know, and then yeah. the conversation came up as whether or not he was a bust and who didn't want him and who did want him. So my thing about Dwayne, Dwayne Haskins is if he has success, it's going to kind of be in spite of what's around him because they're not right over there, no. you know. You have no. an owner. You have an owner who always stepping in, telling them who to pick when the coaches mm-hmm. and the people with. I just—it's a lot going on. So if he doesn't do well, it, it it makes me think about like like Josh Rosen. Like if you're not put in a position to succeed, then people are going to call you a bust, and you really might not be a bust. But if you don't have the pieces around you, yeah, it's like uh, you know. Okay. So yeah. yeah, I mean the thing that pissed me off about that because I used to be hard on Dwayne Haskins. I didn't. I mean, I didn't like. Him. I remember. Yeah, yeah, I didn't like him. But then I seen some report on Twitter, like people from the Redskins were questioning whether he was dyslexic or not. Yeah, I didn't I'm like, like that either. That's, that's the that's most again. disrespectful thing I ever seen. And yeah. I, after that, I was like, you know what? No, he's in a bad place. Yeah, like that. I mean, because you can't, you can't question a man. And it makes you think, like, it make, like like you said, you didn't think that he should have played last year. It makes me think reading these reports after the fact. Did you guys do that to to make him mess up, to make him look bad? Did you did you want to put him in a bad spot? Like I just it, a lot about how they handled him. I didn't it was like a coach him. trying to save his job. Yeah. So he's like, all right, let me that, take a I shot mean, with the kids. But then you got a new want, coach or... coming in. Right, he jaded. He didn't want. Yeah. You got a new coach and you got a new coach here who didn't pick him. So it's like. We'll, we'll, it's like you gotta put that on ice and just see how yeah. it pans out. Yeah. It's hard that's to true. say. That's true, though. You know. Um, so the next quarterback we're going to talk about, he quickly became a fan favorite, especially when everybody got to see him rapping Jeezy on the sideline. <laughs> so um, <laughs> it's like it was like, oh yeah, okay, he's cool. So um, Eugene, what do you think about Drew Lock? Stock up, stock down? Uh, stock is up for Drew yeah. Lock. He is. Um, he looked. He looked really good, and his limited. I mean, it's a small sample size, but he looked yeah. really good. Yeah, and he, and, looked, and he looked calm. He looked, yes, he looked, he looked like he knew what he, he was doing. Look, he like he like this is not all. too big for me. He's been right. there before. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, and and then on top of that, they went and got him. They went and doubled up and got him some weapons. Yo. I mean, they got him Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler, and they got him another tight end. So they're going to run the twelve personnel, which I think the whole league is going to transition to. I, think so. I mean, yeah. They got him some toys. 
to play with, and he's already uh, he already came in looking better than expected. Mm-hmm. Stock is up on Drew Luck. Yeah. What do you think, Dan? Listen, everybody knows, man. I love me some swaggy Drew, baby. <laughs> Drew is my guy. So stock up for real. So. Like like you said, Eugene, going getting Jerry Judy and KJ Hamlin, then getting Albert Albert O. Like those were the three moves that were just like, yo, like John yeah. Elway's like, listen, let me tell you something, Drew. I have struggled since Peyton since Peyton Manning. I am yes. not gonna do this to you. You are gonna have mm-hmm. your tool in your toolbox to make us a winning organization yet again. Uh, but mm-hmm. I love what he did in the third round, going to get in Lloyd Cushenberry and then going to get in the Tay Muti uh, in the sixth round. Improving yep. that offensive line, man. Getting that offensive line where it needs to be to not only just protect Drew but run that football. So mm-hmm. now they have a type of um, they have an offense now. Um, when you look at the two, they have a two-headed monster with, with and running back position. Uh, Philip Lindsay, who I believe should be the starter. I understand Melvin Gordon is there, and you paid him, but. Over the past so two seasons, I think Philip Lindsay has been better than him. Yeah. So I'm yeah. starting a guy who's been car- who's, who's been, been carrying the uh-huh. been there. since he was drafted, and he was a late round pick that you didn't even know in your backyard yeah. would turn into the player he is. So I'm uh-huh. keeping him where he is, and I say, yeah. Melvin, you're going to be the change of pace guy. So, uh-huh. but then you can let them share the field as well. Two guys, four, 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 five speed. I actually, uh, yeah. I know for a fact Philip Lindsay is one of the faster running backs in the league too. Fast. At that four, four, one. Um, up there with McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley from the mm-hmm. combine, but like I said, you look at Cortland Sutton right now. Now, granted, do I think his targets are going to die down? Yes, he had 125 targets last year. Oh, uh, that's got to be. Yeah, I think that falls down because Noah Font, you you know, Jerry Judy's going to have any probably have anywhere from 90 targets himself. KJ Hamler mm-hmm. is going to be kind of an all-purpose guy, probably catching and returning punts and kicks, as well as manning mm-hmm. the slot and being a problem for defenses. Drew Locke has everything. Like, I don't – outside of what Arizona has done from Kyler, when I look at – like I said, I've said this many times, if if you tell somebody – if you say, give me the blueprint to build around my young quarterback, I never thought I'd say this, but I'm saying John Elway off of this past offseason is writing that do. book for me. He is drawing yeah. up those schematics because he made the move that a, a, a lot of – like, you, you look at a lot of different – Coaches, they rather go say, you know, we're going to build up that defense, we're going to build up that run game, mm-hmm. and that's fine. But then your quarterback has to throw to someone, and it's like somebody. I got a bunch of and, I, and, and it, it goes it goes back to what we were talking about building your team based on your division as well. You know, yeah. because you look at who's in their division, Kansas who's the City. best team in their division, Kansas City. Yeah, and but and we we've they? said we we've said to try to build a defense that can stop them, but also yeah, having an offense that can that yeah, can exactly. And, yeah. and you're not going to stop Kansas City. You no, only going to slow no, them down. So you no. still got to put up 38 or 40 right. just to you know, compete. I'm still, about, I'm still thinking about the playoffs, like the way they I. Dang, they it never was, out of it in my book. I just, like, I know listen, okay, man. I think it was what, the Patri- what, the, what the Patriots did in the Super Bowl was like, wow. What they did in the playoffs last year, I was like, what the? Uh, yeah. I, I didn't think I was going to have another wow moment like that so soon. I was like, mm-hmm. oh. Okay. They get down by twenty. They get down by twenty and just laugh at it. Yeah, like you can't. Like, even, okay, you, you can't even that's feel three comfortable. Drives. No, you can't feel. Comfortable and you know what's so crazy is because their their woes in those games were self inflicted. They yeah, had about yep. six drops in the first couple drives yeah. against Houston, and then they turned it on. And, 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 and you and, saw their leaders. Their leaders. Yeah. Had, 
You saw Tyra. Mm-hmm. They stood up. I, that's what I loved about everything they did because the leader stood up and everybody followed behind. I'm yeah, like, oh, yep. let's go. Everybody fall right in line. Right. And you right. look at you look at the way that that team is built. You got think about it. Like Pat Mahomes has the strongest arm in the league almost, if mm-hmm. not the strongest. So right. you you have him with a bunch of flyers. A, a, a lot of guys that take the top off that where you yep. have to play it's legitimately like playing Steph Curry on, on, on the football field yeah. you have to defend the long ball first and that's yeah. why when Steph like if, to go back to, to Steph Curry when you're trying to cover him so close at half court and when he does get in his bag and starts Kyrie Irving in you and hits you with a couple mm-hmm. hezzies and then he blows by and he, he finishes at the rim so it's like okay when you try when you sit everyone deep Pat Mahomes can run for it. He can check it down mm-hmm. to his running back. Or now you have uh, Travis Kelsey that's going to just man the middle of the field. And be that's a right. problem right the there. You know what I'm saying? You know what that, you know what that reminds me of, though? Um, the year that the Ravens won the Super Bowl when we had, like, Jacoby and Tory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget we played the Steelers. I don't know which game it was, but we played them that season. And first, first play of the game, we go deep. So... Um, I don't know if I think Jacoby was on a local radio station after the game and was like, um, Ryan Clark said to him, Dad, y'all going deep already? So when you think about that being effective for the Ravens and the, the talent on the Chiefs is way, you know, yeah. like, yes. it's like if it worked for us and it did, you know what it's going to do for them because yeah. they mm-hmm. way better players than Joe Flacco and Tory Smith and Jacoby, yeah. you know. And that's what the that's what the Broncos wanted to do. They, they wanted to take a kind of that that you know, offensive schematic. That model. Like, okay, that model mm-hmm. is like, listen, yeah. they got Burks. they have burner for their big arm quarterback. Drew mm-hmm. Locke can sling the rock. He has a good yes. arm. He has a yes. legitimately That's good actually arm. why I'm looking I'm looking forward to seeing the Eagles too. Because the Eagles have a lot of yeah, speed. A lot of speed. Yeah, I they went got, I yeah. where we're going now. That's where yeah. we're going. That's the league. That's the league, you know man. Saying? You wanna like and that's just where it is. So the different Broncos, they went ahead and they put the speed on the field. Like legit the only guy that's not a four four guy on that offense is Cortland Sutton. He's mm-hmm. the only receiver out there because Albert O, 4-4. Noah Fant, 4-4. Jerry Judy, 4-4. And KJ yeah. Hamlin didn't run the 40, but he was rumored to run in the 4-3s. So, yeah. you know I mean, you can watch him play in the uh, C-4-3. Yeah, you know that's a 4-3. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, for me, stock, Drew, uh, Swaggy Drew's stock is up. They did mm-hmm. everything necessary to make that team competitive. And co- they built it like a dynasty fantasy football team. They've got mm-hmm. a bunch of young players that can develop yeah. and grow together. Yeah. Yep. And we've said it before, but we need to say it again. John Elway, best offseason so mm-hmm. far since he's been. Excellent I mean, job. even even if you want to say better than when he built the Super Bowl team or the teams right. that made it to the Super Bowl, like, I I can't even complain about anything he's done um, no, this offseason. Oh, yeah. yeah um, but yeah. the next the next quarterback we're going to talk about is your quarterback, Damian. The one that you act like you didn't know you had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the quarterback he not claiming. Stidham don't look like me. <laughs> so, so I don't. I think I kind of know the answer to this. Stock up, stock down for Jared Stidham, Damien. What you think? Oh. <laughs> <Jesus> <laughs> don't do him like that. Listen, for for Jared Stidham, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it two parts, right? So Jared Stidham. For the player, I say stock up. You get a chance to go out there and play and start and prove people wrong. A lot of people that are doubting you and think, you know, me included, uh, that think <laughs> that we're going to go six and ten or four and twelve or whatever the case may be. Um, but for him, 
also as a player and just look at the organization, what he has to deal with on offense. Like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't trust him um, at all. Muhammad mm-hmm. um, Sanu, who had seven drops last year. Uh, Julian Edelman had ten drops last year. The Patriots were in the top ten with thirty-four drops last season, um, and they ranked in the hundredth percentile or in the in the hundreds when it comes down to ranking in yards per separation, less than two yards per separation mm-hmm. on, on routes. And I'm talking to Keel Harry, Julian Edelman, Muhammad, all of them. So the the weapons are young, like Nikhil Harry. He could take that next. He could take that next step with because um, he's been, he's been really putting in a lot of work, a ton of work. You know, this offseason. Mm-hmm. working out with the, foot, with the footwork king um, from Twitter, just working on his releases and his footwork and mm-hmm. getting quicker off the line. So, you know, shout out to him putting in the work. Jacoby Myers could get better as well. We did bring in Jeff Thomas um, and a couple other young undrafted rookie free, uh, free agent receivers. Um, we could play a lot of twelve personnel too, bringing in those two tight ends. So I'm, yeah. I, that's why I'm like I'm trying to be optimistic for him because the weapons are somewhat there. They're young, like they're like both tight ends are are rookies. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Your yeah. probably two best or your your top two receivers, top three receivers, are two of them are second year players. So you know when I look at them, like man, like it's it's not. It's not like you'll be leaning on a running game. Yeah, exactly. And Sony Michelle has not without a fullback. Sony Michelle is Sony mm. Michelle, so um, I don't I don't really know what the offense is going to look like, but I, I'm going to be optimistic for him. I'm going to say his stock is is up because he's getting a chance to play and they believe in him, mm-hmm. but his stock stock is down with the kind of when in terms of the offense. I don't trust the weaponry, especially with COVID getting in the way of these. I mean, now nah, I know some guys are still meeting up and throwing, having throwing sessions, stuff mm-hmm. like that, but being able to go out there against a live defense at practice, a defense that had numerous turnovers and sacks That's and everything last year. You don't get a chance to get that underway right now. You know what I mean? So for me, mm-hmm. I, I, his stock is teetering. I'll put it like that. It's teetering. It's, it's like mm-hmm. a, it's like a seesaw. What do you think, Eugene? Um, I mean, his stock is volatile because I mean, honestly, I would say his stock is up because nobody's expecting him to do anything. Everybody's mm-hmm. expecting him to get trashed. Mm-hmm. So if he comes out and be and is average. Then that's a win for him. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'm a, I, I'm not buying stock in Jared Stidham, but I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna suck. I mean, I mean, he's got the best coach in the world. He's gotta, he gotta be able to get him to play at a certain level of uh, confidence. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I, he doesn't have the weapons there. He's not in the put in the position to really set the league on fire. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna fail. But I can't. I don't think he's going to be immensely successful either. So I can't. I can't buy no stock in Jared Stidham. So what do you do? You guys think that with the weapons they have right now? Because I mean, we they could still add people. We don't know. Still, yeah. season don't start until September. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think the Patriots could average twenty points a game with him at quarterback? Twenty, yeah. Twenty, yeah. yeah. Twenty-eight. Oh no. Um, yeah. That's that's an extra. That's an extra touchdown. What was that? What was that number last year? When because I was somebody said something on TV about when the Patriots defense. I think they said if they kept the teams to under seventeen, 
they won. It was something about the amount yeah, of points. That, and then they were saying that when, when, when y'all did lose, it was because the offense couldn't score. Because yeah. the Patriots only allowed like about set close to 17 points a game. Yeah. So that's that's why I asked the question about the 20, because I'm like, if, if 17 was the magic number for the defense, mm-hmm. if you can get your offense to average 20, then you'd be good. It's like they'd be in the, you know, better yeah. than most people yeah. probably expect. De- I would say defensively, I think our front seven, you know, bringing in Josh Uche and Kyle Duggar and Anthony Jennings, the the, the front seven, I think, will be much more athletic. Um, I still don't see, we still don't have that one guy that you really have to worry about in the front seven. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. to, to win, and that was, the, that was the biggest problem for me. I mean, if I'm Belichick, I'm like, listen, Davion Clowney, I, like, I think, uh, with his tutelage, I think Xavier Clowney truly is a, is a type of freak of nature that could become an absolute beast uh, yeah. as a pass rusher with a guy like Belichick teaching him and working mm-hmm. with him on you know with the bags and working with him with his hands as a mm-hmm. pass rusher and everything like that. Um, but he wants to cash out, and the Patriots have like one million dollars of cap, so yeah. Um, yeah. So they right now they can go buy a candy bar uh, in real life. So, and that's that's the good thing about it is teams still have time to do any yeah. you know do anything. Guys so, are gonna get yeah. cut, yeah, um, get cut, yeah, get yeah. Mm-hmm. trade yeah. locks, different stuff like that. Uh, yeah. Look so how y'all picked up Antonio Brown last year. Yeah, I mean, I mean you know, anything yeah, happen, stuff right? goes. Yeah, I mean, trade right? deadline. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you. I would actually bring Antonio back right now. Like, I don't care if Jerry Tatum <laughs> forces him to football. I couldn't care less. Like, yeah. get us a legit guy so that Nikhil Harry doesn't have to be the number one. And mm-hmm. that makes Julian Edelman kind of expendable. He could be the, the number three or whatever. He doesn't have to worry about have so much pressure on him. Uh, like I said, the main thing with Jared Stidham is, like I said, that the defense, the defense performed very well against some pretty bad opponents in the first half of that season. And then when mm-hmm. you went up against Kansas City, Baltimore, Houston, somehow you got like you know defensively we got torched by yeah. Fitzpatrick at the end of the season. <laughs> That defense was exposed because mm-hmm. Belichick didn't make the adjustments defensively. It was all yeah. press coverage, you know. We'll give you, we'll give you inside slants and like, and that, and that's really all Miami ran. They ran a yeah. bunch of slants. And, it, and I'm gonna uh, say this: one, one of my main issues with, with Belichick, you look at Chandler Jones. Chandler Jones is nowhere near the guy he was in in New England. He evolved mm-hmm. so much. To where he's a top pass rusher in the league. Why? Oh yeah. Because he got away from Belichick in the way that he wants them to do more thinking than playing. So it's like, hey, mm-hmm. you can't give up the outside edge. In Arizona, they're like, hey, go after the pass. Just please. play. Go get the quarterback. Yeah. So right. with, with, and I saw that in the in the matchup against DeAndre Hopkins and Devontae Parker, Belichick. You could see Belichick was in. This was just my personal opinion, but I see it on film. Stephon Gilmore was not aggressive at all. He was not. Mm. He was in press coverage, but he was getting free releases. That's not what he does. Like he doesn't uh-huh. do that. Like yeah, uh-huh. you know, he, he can mirror guys, but he likes to get his hands on you and reroute you and throw off the yeah. timing. Belichick uh-huh. wasn't letting him do that, and that was getting him beat. So it was just like that. That's the frustrating part for me. So it's like that defense is good, and I think we will be will be just as good as well, but. Against those good teams, can we get after yeah. the passer? And that's where that's what's really going going to really t- be the telltale for the season and for J- Jared Stidham. Because what's going to happen when teams do score twenty four and twenty eight points? And it's yeah. like, bro, 
Yeah, you gotta. Uh, it's on your <laughs> now you gotta put up some points. It reminds me of um, the Ravens' defense in the 2000, 2018 season. We were the number one defense, and it used to irritate me because a lot of our fans would boast about that. But it was like you said with the Patriots last year. We were good against bad teams, and then we played against teams that were better or had more elite players. We didn't fare too well, yeah, but somehow sure. or another, we still averaged out to be number one. And it's like, okay. Like, I remember when Eric Weddle left, he was like, you know, we're we, we still number one. Nobody can take that from us. And I'm just looking like, will you shut up? Like, <laughs> after, that, after that playoff game, like, what are you talking about? Like, get up out of here. But... Yeah, no, like, that, that's, that's, whatever. Let's move the garden. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so, the, so, the last quarterback, some might say he looked like a porn star. Uh, Mr. Stash. <laughs> yes. Gardner mentioned Eugene. Eugene, what do you think about Gardner? Stock up, stock down? I ain't buying that stash, man. I'm not <laughs> buying it. <laughs> I am not buying it. He's going to show me, man. Um, I, I, I'm just not buying. I'm not buying the Minshew mania. I get because, like, he's okay. He's he's a he's a uh, he's a he's an NFL quarterback. I don't know whether he's a starter or not. I think he might be a solid backup overall. But the thing thing about it is we were hype about Minshew because we were comparing him to a quarterback that wasn't playing well. Mm-hmm. So of course he's going to look a little bit better. Um maybe maybe this year with the uh with the uh, advancement of DJ Chark who I really like. Yeah, me too. And the, and another year under his belt uh to actually get the offense going through uh, an off season and hopefully a training camp as the true number one guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, he's that's not a, that's not a great team in Jacksonville, and he's not the type of guy that's going to carry a team either. So I'm not buying into uh, into Mr. Pornstash. Hmm. Damien, uh, the the stash. Um... <laughs> I like how as we got down the list is like. I feel like any if there's any young quarterback that has a lot of pressure on his shoulders to perform this year, it's Gardner Minshew. If not, and if your team is drafting top three, they're drafting a quarterback, and you have lost your job. So for mm-hmm. me, I'm not buying uh, Gardner Minshew. Not mm, let's see, I'm not buying the organization again. The, the Jaguars are confusing to me. Um, mm-hmm. They they don't want to keep Leonard Fournette. They don't want to pay him. They want to trade him and all those things like that. I'm not sure what their what their actual plan is. I do they don't want the nobody from that team that went to the playoffs. Exactly. They don't want anybody that was there that instrument you know that was instrumental in getting to the AFC Championship game. Wow, like man, that's a way of winning there. Uh, yeah, for, smart. For me, I do like the fact they went out and grabbed LaVisca Chanel, a, a hybrid playmaker. He can line up in the backfield, line up in the slot. He can do pretty much everything, line up at tight end. You can use him however you want to. It's all about, you know, uh, whatever you would like to do. Um, but also, when I look at him, like they brought in Colin Johnson late in, in the round. Um, so that was, that was a good move as well. I'm trying to talk myself into this. <laughs> I can't. He played solid football last year, and there's no doubt about that. He played solid football, and I'm happy for him. But I, I just don't know if they are 
if he's the guy. I don't know if he's the guy. I just don't. Um, I don't you think know, so. him and DJ Chalk had a really good chemistry, and and I like that. They 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 have a really good. They're on the same wavelength, but yeah. you know the 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 receiving core isn't the best. Um, I'm not sure. Do they have a tight end? Like, I'm not even sure they have a tight end. Like, no. I don't know if the weapons are there for him to be super successful either. He's a gamer though, and that's one thing about he's gonna be he's gonna keep you competitive. He's gonna fight mm-hmm. tooth and nail, all that good stuff, all the different intangibles, right? He's a guy you want to root for. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's a guy you want to root for, but he's gonna do. He's and gonna the fans, the, scrapping, the fans but... seem the fans seem to like him a lot last yeah, year. They yeah, got behind yeah. him I mean, with the mustache. He's, he's got the stash. He wears jorts. Uh, yeah. Know, um, How do you hate a guy with jorts? Right. I can't. I mean, who who like who hates a guy with cut off jeans? I mean. <laughs> He looks, just, cra- he looks crazy. Yeah, he does. Um, but you <laughs> but know what? But this is. But you, if you say that he might have the most pressure on him, is it because of the quarterbacks coming next year? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you look oh, at the yeah. team, when you yeah. look at the team and everything that they have going on down, all the issues, players wanting out, not getting re, they're not going to bring them back for the fifty and all of that. I mean. Are the expectations not tapered? Like, what are you really expecting from them at this point? It's like, it it makes me think about, it it takes me back to the Redskins. Mm -hmm. Like, it's the organization. You don't know. It's like, the players are like, you want to root for them. You can think they're going to do well. But it's like, based on your track record with that organization, I don't even know. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at Gardner Mishu as a player, as just him. The pressure's on him because that franchise is not married to you financially exactly. at all. Like, you are not their guy. And they get, they're getting rid of everybody else. You're getting rid mm-hmm. of everybody else, so they'll get rid of you, too. Yep. Yeah, like exactly. I mean, like they'll... If they end up being a top three picking team, that's Trevor Lawrence on the board. There's Justin yeah. Fields on the board. Jamie yeah. Newman, yeah. possible Trey Lance. Trey like, Lance. Yeah. It, it, it's, it will be tough for him. It will legitimately be tough for him to hold that job. And for them to yeah. skip, oh, he would have. I think for him, he would have to perform well, and the team themselves implode, and they lose. They gotta win, right? Like if they lose, and it's not because of him, if he's literally keeping them in games and keeping them competitive, they're like, you know what? We just gotta build around you. Mm-hmm. That's. I think he's fine. You know, they could. They may go Jamar Chase. You know, with their first pick overall, mm-hmm. or whatever yeah. the case may be, or or, or the old line with you know. Um, uh, how do you how do you pronounce his name from Oregon? Penny Penny Sewell. Uh, oh yeah, to, yeah, yeah. Like probably the best left tackle we've seen in in years. So, oh my goodness. Yeah, he, he's legit. Don't so move like a running back. Exactly. So they may they may make that move. So he ha- he would have to perform at a high level to me, and the mm-hmm. team still perform, and the team around him perform badly for him to keep his job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is, he's going to have to perform at a very high level. He's going to have to make it painfully obvious in about eight games that he is the guy. Yes. Because, I mean, because um, if he, if they say like they go. they might start thinking. Like, exactly. Yeah, they go, right. they go, they go like two and four or something like that, two and six. He's getting benched. Yeah. They, they going to trade away assets and they going to start tanking. Yeah. So he's got about half a season. Traded for a fourth round pick yep. uh, to someone that needs, a, that needs a powerful running back like the Saints. Mm-hmm. And. Yep. That's that. They're going. They're going to. Yeah. They're going to load up on, on draft capital, and mm-hmm. they're going to make sure that they secure one of these top quarterbacks coming in. Yeah. yeah. Well, Damian, didn't you have a question you wanted to throw out there? Yeah. So, real quick before we go to our next our next segment, I'm talking about Kyler Murray. This and, and we're all going. You know, just give our quick, uh, you know, feedback on the question. 
Is mm. Kyler Murray the biggest threat to Lamar Jackson as the best and or most potent dual threat quarterback in football? I'm going to start with you, Eugene. I'm going to do you one better. I think Kyler Murray is the biggest threat to Lamar Jackson as the best young quarterback in the game. Mm. Um, I mean, they're two very, very talented quarterbacks. Mm. At this point, it's about who progresses faster. Mm -hmm. And the way I see it, I mean, I think Kyler is going to progress a little bit more, a little bit faster because – He's he he's got he that passing game down. Yeah. He's got the passing game down, and his thought process is a little is a little bit faster. He's running to extend a play yeah. and throw the ball downfield, whereas Lamar Jackson is running to run. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 a it's a different mindset. But Lamar is transitioning to that. Yeah. But Kyler is already there. Yeah. So I I say I say yeah to answer your question absolutely. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it's not a whole lot to that. He's already a better passer than Lamar is. Um, like you said, he he's running to to create something. When I watch Lamar, it seems like he's fighting to stand there and pass the ball. Like it's a struggle mm-hmm. for him sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but the because instinct he, is a run because he improved so much from his first to second year. I can't do anything but uh, assume that he will improve again in the in his third year. Yeah. But I think that. Kyle is the only person that's a threat to him as far as a dual threat. He's the only yeah. person. I mean, because he's mm-hmm. already a better passer than him. So yeah. definitely. Yeah. I, and that, that, when I thought, I felt like it would be a good a good little discussion before transitioning to the next topic. Mm-hmm. Because you have two pro, like both of these guys, like Kyle didn't run the 40, but I remember at the Oklahoma Pro Day, they asked him about, about his speed and about the 40. He said, listen, I would be in a 40-yard dash, I would beat Hollywood Brown. Mm. We know how fast Mark. We know how fast right. he is. He yeah. said in the long run, like a hundred meter, he didn't say in the long race, Hollywood would get, would beat him. But in the mm. forty, he would be Hollywood. But in, and for me, I think he is. I think he also is in that four four possible four three range. You I look think so at too. some of the runs that he makes. He gets upfield and he gets upfield fast. Mm-hmm. Not just that he, he he's like legit. Uh, he gets to zero to sixty in like two point five seconds or something. He yeah. gets, he gets he's fast quickly. and he's small. He's fast yeah. and small. So mm-hmm. it's like, he checks his body as well. He doesn't go. Yeah. He doesn't take those big hits that a lot of guys takes. Um, mm-hmm. you know, his biggest hits that he take he's that he's taken is probably from the pocket. Um, yeah. You know, he's sitting there standing the throw, and the offensive line uh, doesn't block well enough for him. But yeah. like, like I said, when you look at Kyler, man, he is to me. He he, if I was to put dual threat quarterback in the dictionary, it's not Lamar Jackson. It is Kyler Murray because of the way that he's able to throw the football. He can throw mm-hmm. the football and he can win games solely off his arm. And, and mm-hmm. I'll put it in, in the in the mindset of this. You look at, so for example, so you look at like a Russell Westbrook, right? And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm a, I like to play around with basketball and football analogies a lot. So I'm, I'm going to bring LeBron in in a second too. So you look at look at a, a Russell Westbrook, super uber athletic, strong, powerful, uh, has yeah. that kind of, that dog mentality, all that good stuff, right? But here's the, here's the kicker to it. What happens to his game when that athletic that, that athletic ability dies down? He didn't develop a three point shot. 
He didn't develop the ability to to spot up in the corner and be a 40% three-point mm-hmm. shooter. He doesn't yeah. have that. He doesn't have a knockdown mid-range game. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? He doesn't have the game I... that teams will covet when you're 38 years old. You see, we exactly. got one missing piece for their championship run. Right. It's not going to be him. It's going to be Steph Curry. Because Steph Curry has that three-point mm-hmm. shot. It'll be Dame Dollar, Damian Lillard, Clay Thompson. Those guys mm-hmm. that, that could play into their 30s, late 30s. because When their athleticism goes down exactly. and their skill is still up there. You look yep. at LeBron James. He is a freak. He spends seven figures to make sure his body is, t- is, is mm-hmm. top tip shape. Most yes. guys don't do that. But when you look at LeBron and, and you look at the effect, LeBron, uh, I, I compare Lamar to LeBron in an efficiency standpoint. LeBron shot better. His, his field goal percentage and his three-point um, efficiency was better than Steph Curry's, but the volume is different. So Lamar mm-hmm. Jackson led the league in, in touchdown passes, right? That's great. I mean, more props to him. Yeah. But you're averaging 26 attempts a game. So, okay. Um, the games that the game that we did see that you had to throw 50 times, your offense suffered because of it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not your strength. Your ball placement was off. Your your pocket presence was off. Like different things were not right in that Tennessee Titans game, or when you had to throw to to come back from that that deficit against the Chiefs. Yes, you got you were able to you know get back into the game, but too little, too late. So mm-hmm. when I look at Kyler Murray and I look at some of these other guys, they have the natural tool. Like Kyler Murray has the natural tools to be a pocket quarterback. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have. Mm-hmm. The, you said it, Eugene, th- talking about development. Lamar Jackson's pot, like as a quarterback, he's still developing. As a player, you know who he is. He, he's an uber athlete, uber yeah. athlete. But Kyler Murray already has the requisite tools and necessary tools to win from the pocket. Win with his arm. He get. Mm-hmm. Remember his first game against the against the Detroit Lions. Mm-hmm. They were down, and people were like, "Oh man, what happened to Kyler? Cliff and Kyler." Yep. Then they, they came come back. back. They come. They came back, and I think uh, if it. Did they miss a field goal or something? They ended up tying that game. It was some. some yeah, they, I they, think they tied. Yeah, they tied the game, but they were down. Kyler, yes, his legs helped, but his arm was was much more of a help than anything. Mm-hmm. And we saw as the year progressed that this kid I saw, I saw could it make too. those special throws. I thought they were going to get completely blown out against your Ravens because from top to bottom, the teams are just so off-kilter. Yeah, but yeah. he, as a player, is the reason why that game was still close. He was Ooh. making throws in tight man coverage, in tight zone coverage that mm-hmm. Lamar can only dream of right now. Lamar's growing, mm-hmm. but the development for him is going to take a little bit longer then for Kyle, because Kyler has to do is say, hey, you protect me. I get better. I, I get better making quicker decisions with the ball, getting the ball out of my yep. hands, things like that. That's what he has to work on. Lamar has mm-hmm. to work on better, getting better with his anticipation, getting better with his touch and his timing, mm-hmm. and being able to truly win from the pocket. Drop back those three, four, five step drops and truly step into the pocket, navigate the pocket, and survey manipulate the, the pocket and survey the yeah. defense and light teams up with your arm. Because I truly believe what the Tennessee Titans did, they, they that's a 3-4-34 defense. Big, strong mm-hmm. interior D linemen that were able to hold those those offensive line. Your hold offensive them blocks. linemen were not able to get two on a man and then go to the to the second level against Tennessee. Mm-hmm. They were able to double and move. They were able to do that against Tennessee. 
teams are going to stop. And also, didn't, it didn't help that Mark Ingram was hurt. You know, like that too. That too. You, yeah, you, for, you forced him into a situation that he didn't need to be in. They and took I saw some of that. stats. I saw mm-hmm. some stats about um, Gus Edwards last year with his limited touch, and it wasn't that bad. You know, like he did well. He might end up being trade bait based on the stats that I was reading on Twitter about I him. But I not give up a pack of potato chips for Gus Edwards. <laughs> I'm gonna find you. I'm gonna find you what I saw on Twitter, and it was I, talking I, about he, he was in like the top ten yeah, of yards yeah, yeah. yards for Curry. Um, I think he'll tackle, do good all in this New type Orleans. of stuff. I think he'll do. He he'll do good. I mean, he's not. Right. I'm not saying he's going. He can be a number one. No, I mean, he's a that, rotation guy. He's, yeah, he's, he's a, definitely. He's a, he's a powerful, yeah, he's a solid running back. Mark Ingram actually. I saw. I was looking at some advanced analytics. Mark Ingram was like top five on the running backs that created yards on their carries last year. I got. I'll pull. I'll post it later. But he was. He was up there. And Mark Ingram is a good quality back. Now J.K. Dobbins comes in, and that whole dynamic is so different now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But reminds you know, me of um when we had McGee and drafted oh, Ray Rice. Yeah. yeah. It got. Oh got, yeah. Uh, about that. Got Great point. Great. They yeah. Smoky in there. Yeah, that, whew, listen. That backfield is sick. I'm not gonna lie to you, but that that's Scary. just kind of that's just a kind of analogy I looked at. It is just Lamar Jackson has to he has to improve as a passer, or he'll be the he'll be like Russell Westbrook. You know, please he, let him improve, please, because like, I can't. I mean, these people here yeah. they going. I'm telling you, I think I think last year because we were doing so well, people weren't complaining. Mm-hmm. When we lost in the playoffs, all of those people who was on his who was booing him in the playoffs the yep. year before, mm-hmm. they came out the woodwork. So everybody's already on, you know, eggshells. And you you all see it. You have your the people who think he do, can do no wrong, mm-hmm. you know. But then you have those who are just waiting for him to mess up. Wait and then you have somebody that. like me where I'm like, please, just do, do good, please. Because, yeah. like, I, I already... <laughs> right? just me, win. I already, I already I already feel some type of way about um, running quarterbacks. I like mobile quarterbacks. Yeah. I don't care for running quarterbacks. And there's a difference, yeah. you know. So right now, he's still a running quarterback that needs to improve. So yeah. Colin Murray got him to me. And uh, let me let me th- before we change, let me throw this in. Guys, we we know for, for all you Ravens fans that's gonna hear this, Lamar Jackson is improving. The yeah. it's, it's all about the learning curve. How quickly can he oh. truly like take that step? How like his, fast can he improve? Yeah, exactly, Eugene. His his passing is an assist to his legs. Yeah. He needs to be able to make it an even trade, almost an even trade. Because then it'll really be hard to defend. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, hey, we we want because here's a here's I'm putting it perfectly like this. I just thought about it. the the best way to put to put it. Teams fear him as a runner and not a passer. They said exactly. we'll live yeah. with him. Same thing with Russell Westbrook. We'll live if Russell Westbrook hits eight threes tonight and and he drops forty five. We'll live with that. We'll live with that. We'll yeah. live with it. But we know we we know you can't do it every game. Steph right, Curry? Yeah. No, you're not coming across half court without a defender. So exactly. with Lamar Jackson, teams will say, listen, we want to keep you in the pocket and keep you from running 400 yards or 80 yards or whatever the case may be in two touchdowns mm-hmm. and getting uh, getting your, your offense into striking ter- strike, uh, striking territory into the red zone. We'll, we'll live with you throwing for 300 yards one game because we don't trust that you can do that week in and week out. Yeah, I mean, you ask, you ask every defensive coordinator in the league, how do you stop Lamar Jackson? They're gonna say make him throw the ball. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's just what it is right now. That's how that's how teams will want yeah. want to defend him until you make them pay for defending you like that. That's 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 the progress that he needs to make right there. Yeah. And that's something Ravens fans need to acknowledge and deal with because that's real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, so the next segment is something we're going to be doing for the next couple of weeks. Um, just going back over the draft and um, ranking each team and the picks that they made. And then we'll also say um, who is the best pick in that division, who was the most surprising pick in that division, and then who's the biggest sleeper, right? So let's start there, and then we'll go to each individual team. So, Eugene, who do you think was the best pick in the NFC North? Uh, NFC North, uh, let's see. I'm pulling up what they got. Like, I want to say, I can't say the Packers because I did not, like, their, the no, yeah, <laughs> I don't like their draft at all. Mm-mm. But and and the Bears got a guy that I really like in the late rounds, uh, Darnell Moody. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the best I got best pick, pick in the NFC North got to be Jeff Okuda because I mean that's the guy you plug and play at cornerback. That's a man coverage team right there, and that's a man coverage cornerback. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna flourish in that defense. So I'll say, um, yeah, I'll say Jeff Okuda. What you think, Dang? Best pick in the NFC North? Best pick in the NFC North, I'm sticking with I'm sticking with the Lions, but I'm going DeAndre Swift. Um, one mm. thing we know with Matt Stafford, he is a talented quarterback. One has a top five arm, and he has weapons at his disposal. TJ Hawkinson, um, Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, Danny M. Dolan in the slot. Um, they, they, have, they have weapons for him. They, they, I think they improved the offensive line a bit. But it was a run game, not having a consistent run game. With a guy with an mm-hmm. arm like that, I want to give him a run game so that I can play, run some play action, some RPOs, different things like that, and get creative with it, get you know, get freaky with it with your play calling. Um, so I, I, I love the the DeAndre Swift pick because he was my top running back in this class. He could do mm-hmm. literally everything that you need: pass protect, run between the tackles. He can run the zone game. He's got speed. He can catch the football out of the backfield. Line him up uh, against mm-hmm. linebackers and everything. You can do everything with him. And carry on Johnson, it helps him. I know it's a threat to his touches, but it helps him from a health standpoint. So now yeah. Matthew Stafford has two legit running backs. He has two running backs that can beat mm-hmm. you and that can grind the game down. And I think that was the best pick for them because I look at value from it. I, we know Jeff Okuda was going to be there. But I think them getting him in the second round, where we thought he was going to fall to Kansas City, and Kansas City went with Brian Westbrook 2.0. I, I love that for for the uh, for the Lions. So I think the best pick to me was uh, DeAndre Swift. Mm-hmm. And what about the most surprising pick, Damian? Who was the most surprising pick in the NFC North? Oh, dear God. Uh, hmm. Most surprising pick? I, I want to list it as my worst, to be completely honest. But um, I, no, I, I know what I'm going to do. So my, the most surprising pick? I guess you could say was, uh, oh, he's A.J. Dillon. A.J. Dillon yeah. was the most mm-hmm. surprising pick. Like, I was going to say Jordan Love, but I'm like, no, I saw that coming. Because um, mm-hmm. everything was pointing towards them. They were doing too much homework. They were doing it. Yeah, yeah. They were doing so much research. It was A.J. Dillon. Like, you, you have, Grant, I know Jamal Williams probably <clears> wouldn't <throat> be there for the long haul. You have Aaron Jones, who's a do-it-all type of running back. And you needed another receiving weapon to uh, for Aaron Rodgers. Um, unless they believe in Devin Funches, uh, Funchips, I mean, um, uh, uh. <laughs> I believe, in, uh, I believe Mr. Sir Funchips, uh, and his, Sir his, Funchips. Uh, four, his 13, per, 13.6% drop rate. Uh, that's what they oh, believe Lord. in. Um, mass. and I actually, I actually liked him coming up the draft. I, uh, yeah, if he was a tight end, um, but <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He just, he's, I think he's better as a tight end. I think they could, should have been a tight end. They need to transition him into that role actually. 
Um, Should have stayed at tight end. They had him at there in Michigan. Exactly. Um, but yeah, AJ Dillon. I mean, granted, I do think they may go to a more of a run-oriented offense as well and try to pound the rock a little bit and take the ball a little bit out of Aaron Rodgers' hands. But that was just a surprising mm-hmm. pick because it was just like, I need to go. I'm gonna go back and look at it. what receivers won. There were a lot of receivers on the board when they drafted AJ Dillon, and mm-hmm. that was a mistake. It was a mistake. What do you think, Eugene? Most surprising pick. Uh, most surprising pick was the Bears taking the the tight end Cole Komet. I mean, in the second round. I mean, you got you had Grant Delpit on the board, Antoine Winfield on the board, KJ Hamler on the board, Marlon Davidson on the board, Trayvon Diggs on the board, and they take the tight end. I get it. Uh, it's it's transitioning to a tight end league. You need two of them, but I, I it it wasn't a great tight end class, and I think that was a little high for. Yeah, I mean. I think that was way high for them to take Cole Komet there with, with, with the talent that was on the board. Get yeah. hello, mm-hmm. and they and they already had uh, Trey Burton, who they let go, and who they underutilized, like yeah. that they couldn't develop. So it was just they had twelve tight ends. Well, now you want to take another one, <laughs> but you know that was surprising to me with the talent that was on the board yeah, and with stupid. what they needed on offense. I, I, I don't like that pick at all. Mm-hmm. And what about the biggest sleeper, Eugene? Who's the biggest sleeper in the NFC North? Uh, I'm going to stick with the Bears and say Darnell Mooney. I like this kid. He's, he's uh, was it, five, about 5'10", 175, run to 4'3". Um, and it's not, just, it's not just straight line speed. It's lateral speed as well. Like, the kid can run routes. And to be uh, to be a shorter guy, He's got a sick vertical, and on with on his film, you see him going up and getting balls. You see him jumping over guys that are taller than him. I think that kid is a player. Um, I'm 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 mad that he went to the Bears because I don't know how well he's going to do there. But that 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 was the player that I really liked, and to get him where they got him, pretty much is a steal. Mm-hmm. Damian, what do you think? Uh, my sleep. This was a tough one. My sleeper uh, pick out of the NFC North um, heading into twenty twenty. Because I, I like, I'm looking at the. I'm going to Minnesota, but they have a couple picks that I really like, um, uh-huh. and what they did with their defense. But I'm going to say, I'm, I'm gonna go down to the seventh round, baby, and I'm going Kenny Wilkes from Michigan State. Uh-huh. Um, don't believe the hype. He's not the non-athletic edge defender that people painted him out to be. He he has some good athleticism to him, a solid twitch. And, and, you know, he, he's, of course, he's a high-effort guy. He's a guy with a really, really hot motor. His motor runs mm-hmm. hot, and he's going to keep. But he All he, the he, time. He, he was productive. Got under the pass rusher, um, you know, created pressure, got sacks as well. And in a defense that lost Everson Griffin, um, I think they needed that extra rusher. And of course, you know Dan- Daniel Hunter is the top guy now, so teams are going to be shedding, shading uh, some more coverage his way, which will then open up some guys because um, he's not the only one. You know, they grabbed another guy, mm-hmm. so uh, a couple, de- a couple mm-hmm. defenders, um, DJ Wanham, Wanham, uh, yeah. from, uh, from South Carolina. He's another guy, but for me, that that sleeper man, I really think it was Kenny Wilkes. I think he may carve out a nice role early on. Mm-hmm. So what we'll do next is I'll just name a team. We'll start from the, the records last year. I'll name a team, and you guys can give me your thoughts on how you thought they did in the draft and um, 
based you know based on what they've done so far and then after that tell me like re-rank them who did the best sector you know do it that way um okay. so we'll start with the detroit lions damien how did you think the detroit lions did with the draft and any of their off-season additions so far uh the, the detroit lions for me uh were they they won a, a good bit of the draft getting to be able to get your guy jeff okuda and then to go back and get the top running back <laughs> in the draft, DeAndre Swift, second round, mm-hmm. grabbing uh, Julian Aquara, Jonah Jackson, and Logan Sternberg, back-to-back, mm-hmm. third and fourth round picks, really beefs up and mu- put some muscle and some and some necessary uh, playmakers on the interior of your offensive line. Um, so I really like that for them as well. And then grabbed another receiver, Quint- Quintez Cephas, in the fifth round, a guy that pro- probably plays, you know, can start in the slot, be that big slot. Um, you know that you can eventually move around. He's not the best athlete, but you know I think they I think they uh, think they drafted well, um, especially because adding the playmakers on both sides of the ball. Uh, I really like Julian Aquari. I, I would like to see them just literally let him get after the pass. Mm-hmm. He's bendy. He's twitchy mm-hmm. as well. Um, and he's quick. Got a quick first step off the off the ball. I would love to see him see them. Just kind of unleash him, man. Bring him in as that situational pass rusher, that DPR, designated pass rusher. Bring him in and let him get just pin his ears back on those third downs. Kind of Alden Smith-like, you know. Bring him in mm-hmm. on those third downs. Like, hey, you don't have to worry about playing the run early on. We have other guys for that. But when it's third and eight, third and ten, you need to get That's after true. Aaron Rodgers, yeah. you bring him yeah. in off the bench. Fresh right. legs. We all know that. Fresh legs, man. It's nothing – that offensive that that players hate to see they've been playing and running all game. To see New guy, guy coming in, and it's like, oh, come on! Like, mm-hmm. not only is he fresh legs, he's athletic too. It's like, come yeah. on, bro. So I think I think they did a, a very good job in, in, in the draft for the most part. What do you think about the Lions, um, Eugene? Yeah, they did a good job because they're getting immediate impact from their first two picks, Okuda and DeAndre Swift. You're going to see them, like, in their rookie year. They're going to have a big part on the offensive and defense. Mm-hmm. Um, where they really uh, did well with, at was, you know, in the third round with Julie Onkwara because they really do need pass rush, and that's going to help, and that's going to go hand-in-hand with helping out Jeff Okuda because the pass rush is a, is a uh, coverage, is a defensive back's best friend. Um, and even going down the line with Jonah Jackson and Logan Sternberg, worst case scenario, one of them pans out as yeah. as as interior offensive lineman. That that's it, and that's and that's what teams are doing now. When you got a hole uh, at a position, you double up at it. Mm-hmm. So I mean, they had. I mean, worst case scenario, uh, you know, Logan Sternberg doesn't work out, but you still got Jonah Jackson on that line, and now. Now you're improving in the trenches because that's where they really need to improve at is in the trenches. Mm-hmm. So they 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 hit some key some key positions for their team in order for them to uh, keep up with you know the the Packers and the Vikings in that division. Mm-hmm. But um yeah I mean they had they had a bunch of holes and they and they filled them so yeah they did a good job. Okay. And what about the Chicago Bears, Eugene? How do you think they did in draft in their offseason moves? Oh, yeah. I just, you know, I just killed the uh, Cole Komet pick. So that was a little <laughs> bit of a head scratcher for me. I didn't like that one too much. But um, the rest of the draft wasn't terrible. I mean, they didn't have a lot of picks. They didn't have a first round pick. They didn't have a first pick. round, right. Yeah. And um, all right. So Jalen Johnson is a decent, is a decent pick. Um, you're going to pair him with Kyle Fuller. That's not a bad secondary right there when you go along with Eddie Jackson. Um, 
And that's the thing. It's a huge drop off. They had two second round picks, and they drop all the way down to the fifth. So you're not really getting a whole lot of bang for your buck right there. They missed out on a whole lot of talent. But uh, Kendall Wilder in the fifth, like I said, Darnell Mooney in the fifth, who I like as a player. Kendall Wilder is a player as well. He, they'll probably plug him in into the slot because he's a shorter cornerback. But he is one of the most uh, aggressive cornerbacks in this in this draft class. He's very feisty. He's going to fight you. He they had a game I think where they played Alabama and he fought them kids two for nil. They got blown out like 40, 49 to zip, but he fought every down. Um, Travis Gibson, defensive end out of Tulsa. You got to see where that's at. I mean, he's a little bit undersized. He's got some speed to him, but you got to see where that where that works out at because given the depth that they have with their pass rushes already. Mm-hmm. But the main um, the main contributions is going to come from, I think, uh, J- J- Jalen Johnson. I guess you're going to try to force feed Cole Komet the uh, ball just to justify that pick. So I'm guessing they're going to try to get some type of production out of that. But I think the best pick of this draft is Jalen Johnson. Yeah. And what yeah. do you think they mean about the Chicago Bears? Uh, yeah, they're, they're drafting. <laughs> <laughs> the eye roll says that everything. Well, he rolled his eyes, ladies already, and gentlemen. No, right. <laughs> <laughs> that cool commitment take just pisses me off. Because uh, <laughs> it just wasn't necessary. Like, just, it wasn't. I, I like a few. I couldn't believe it when I saw they said they had that was a tenth tight end. I was like, "What?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. These, they legit almost have a starting offense of tight ends. Like, tight ends, it make right? Sense. Yeah, Eleven so tight ends. Like, I'm not sense. even gonna discuss that pick because it's gonna make me mad again. Uh, <laughs> if being extra was a draft pick, exactly. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, I do like the Jalen Johnson pick because they needed another corner. Travis Gibson, I think, is a developmental pass rusher in the fifth round. Kendall Vilder can put, you know, play in the slot. Uh, and Darnell Mooney is a. T- this pick, this pick kind of made me mad too because they have Anthony Miller and R- Riley Ridley and, and some other mm. guys, and it's just like, can you at least use the guys you have? Like, yep. can, can, <laughs> can you get them the football? Like, I know that you brought in Nick Foles, but mm, I mean, come that's on. not going to do nothing. I'm just saying. Like, so for me, I think they did, they did okay. Um, I'm mm-hmm. not going to completely kill it. They didn't have a first round pick from I think that's from the Khalil Mack trade. So yeah. they they didn't bomb the the draft, but they definitely they didn't kill it. Uh, well, they didn't win yeah, anything. Like uh, whatever. I don't know right. how mm-hmm. helped their, I don't know how much of an impact immediately this draft has on their on their roster in twenty twenty. Twenty eighteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Damian, what do you think about the Minnesota Vikings? How they do with the draft oh, in their off season edition? I love the Minnesota Vikings draft. Like Minnesota Vikings came in with a few needs. To be completely honest. They lost all mm-hmm. three of their corners outside of uh, Mike Hughes mm-hmm. um, to free agency. And, of course, they traded away Stephon Diggs, who, who wanted to get away from them and Kirk Cousins and all that good stuff, right? So then they draft his replacement, Justin Jefferson. Grant, go and, and they used uh, their second that, – that pick from uh, – well, they used the pick from uh, – was that the pick from uh, from the Buffalo Bills? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think it was. Yes, so that's so what Diggs, they used yeah. to get. Uh, the pick for Diggs, they used to get Justin Jefferson. Then they had a pick from the, the trade with Sam, uh, Sam Fran. Um, with the, they traded back to 31. They got Jeff Gladden. Love that pick. Um, using their second-round pick, mm-hmm. grabbing mm-hmm. an athletic tackle, Ezra Cleveland. They needed to comp- continue to upgrade that offensive line. 
Um, granted, they already had a, a legit run game last year with Dalvin Cook, but hey, never yeah. hurts to improve your O line. Never hurts. Now, like I said, they lost three corners. They go and they grab three corners. They get Jeff Gladney, mm-hmm. they get Cameron Dantzler, who is a who, who's another long, rangy. You know, he's got he's he's smaller uh, when he's talking about his frame, but he can cover. Um, you know, in the third round, and of mm-hmm. course. Then they went and they also selected uh where where did he go? Where did he go? Oh man. Harrison Hand. Hand's hand. Harrison hand. The fifth. fifth round. Harrison Hand. Another kind of long longer corner that can play that pressman. So they now have four young corners. Mike Hughes, Harrison Hand, um, Cameron Danzler, and Jeff Gladden. And, and of course they went ahead and grabbed James Lynch, who will be a probably a more of an interior pass rusher um on, on defense on the D line that I talked about. Uh, Kenny Wilkes early and DJ Warnham. I, I like their draft a lot. You know, I think, uh-huh. they, listen, Kirk Cousins, you know, they re-signed him, dear God. And um, I'm going to be honest with you. I think they draft another quarterback next year. Uh, even if they do, even if they go back to the playoffs and they get to the NFC Championship game, and if they lose, I still think they draft another quarterback. I don't, I don't think they re-up him for another fully guaranteed deal after this two years is up, so. Mm-hmm. I like the draft. I like the draft. And what do you think about the Vikings, Eugene? Yeah, that draft was a home run. They, I mean, Justin Jefferson in the first round is going to give you immediate impact at the wide receiver position. And then Jeff Gladney. I mean, they, they, you know, like Damian said, they lost like pretty much their whole uh, uh, cornerback uh, rotation, and they just replaced their entire cornerback rotation in one draft like these three guys can legit play i can see in about a year or two your starting cornerbacks are going to be probably be mike hughes jeff gladney and cam dantzler in some type of form or fashion they i mean and it, it, it was they they hit the the positions of need and they hit the positions of need with good players mm-hmm. and i mean ezra cleveland in the second round he's very talented uh tackle uh dj wanham in the fourth in the fourth round, like they hit all over this draft. Troy died in the fourth round. Uh, I mean, he, this is a linebacker that can play all three downs. He's a six foot three, 220, 230-pound linebacker that can cover. I mean, you pair that next to Eric Hendricks, and you never have to take either one of them off the field at all. Um, they got a sleeper in KJ Osborne, uh, a slot receiver out of uh, Miami. He's he's not the fastest guy, but he's very physical and he can run after the catch. I mean, they got a backup quarterback in Nate Stanley. I mean, he's a statue, but he can throw the ball. Um, you got two safeties that's going to contribute on special teams at worst. Uh, Josh Metellus and Brian Cole, they're both, um, you know, they're not big uh, coverage guys. You want to put them closer to the line of scrimmage. But, I mean, year one, they're going to help you on uh, on special teams because they, they, one thing they can do is run down the field and hit. I mean, I mean, I just love everything about that uh, the draft they had. Yeah. They just they hit at every position. Yeah. And what do you think about the Green Bay Packers, last but not least? The Green Bay Packers, Eugene, how was their draft to you? Yeah, I think, I mean, the the, the uh, A.J. Dillon pick boggles my mind. Because you get, uh, A.J. Dillon's a big, powerful back. You want to uh, give him a volume of carry. You want to give him a bunch of carry so he can, uh, you know, wear the defense down over and over over again. You're not you're not that type of ball control offense when you got Aaron Rodgers running the show. Um, it don't make sense. I don't I don't like that at all. And in fact, that 
uh, quiet is kept. They got good production from the running back position last year when with Aaron Jones, who was a thousand yard rusher and had close to 500 yards receiving. And Jamal Williams, who had about 400 yards rushing and about 400 yards receiving. So you've got good production out of the running back position, and you're probably not going to be a running team. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have thought no, they, they would have. They want to be. They want to be. They want. They want to get their coach fired. Then <laughs> um, I would have thought that they would get a wide receiver to help Aaron Rodgers out. But hello, obviously it's middle fingers to Aaron Rodgers because they also drafted Jordan Love. So they're going to give. They're going to make Aaron Rodgers feel uh, like Brett Favre did. <laughs> but um, I mean, the one pick I do like is uh, Josiah DeGuara. He he's a good player. Um, they're going to, I guess, shuffle him between like H back and tight end, but he can get separation and he's pretty fast. He can run after the catch. I think, I think he's going to be an asset to the offense early on. I mean, they did, they did some work at the offensive line late in the draft. So you guys see how they pan out. But overall, I am not a huge fan of, uh, of the draft for the Packers. And what do you think about the Packers, Damien? Um, here you go again with this. <laughs> <laughs> you start breathing first. I know so you about to say something crazy. <laughs> uh, I mean, listen, I, I've, I've been on, I've been on my soapbox, you know, not showing so much remorse for Aaron Rodgers, and not getting another weapon, um, you know, because I don't want to hear no crying from him. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, this, this, I mean, the draft was confusing. Um, you know, I, I I don't have I really don't have a problem with the Jordan Love pick at all. I know a lot of people do. Yeah, I personally either. don't. I I really don't. Um, I don't either. And I'm a, I'm an Aaron Rodgers fan. Yeah, I don't. I, I really think they, I think they did a good job grabbing him because that's a guy that legit has the talent to be a top five type of quarterback if you develop him correctly. And mm-hmm. I think Matt Lafleur is an offensive minded coach, and I think he's pretty much going to train. This is his quarterback that he wants to mm-hmm. to, to grow. His guy. And, and usually, if I, you know, in that case, situation as a fan, you gotta love that that he got a guy that he believes could be your future once Aaron Rodgers walks away or is mm-hmm. traded away or cries away, whatever the case may be. <clears throat> um, so, but yeah, the AJ Dillon pick I talked about this just being a surprise. Um, they grabbed Kamal Martin, uh, the linebacker out of Minnesota, and then they went like three straight picks on the old line. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to to beef up the interior. I don't know. Maybe one of those guys turns into a flex tackle. We'll see. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just yeah, man. I mean, oh, it God. was confusing. The, mm-hmm. the, the, the one of the main things I wanted to see them do is beef up that defensive line. They struggled to stop the run last year. And mm-hmm. I don't see where you fix that. So, yeah, I I didn't like that draft too much. So, based on what you all just said, I'm going to rank them, right, mm-hmm. from worst, best to worst, and then you mm-hmm. tell me yo, you tell me if you agree. Okay. So, I'll say the Vikings are number one, had the best draft in mm-hmm. that division. The, the Lions are number two. Mm-hmm. Bears number three. Packers number four. Yes. You that agree? That's about right, yeah. 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 Well, I don't know if the rest of the division is going to be like that, but at least y'all agree. There. <laughs> <laughs> so did you guys have anything else you wanted to say? Um no, nah, I don't think I, I mean well, I mean listen man. Uh, hopefully, you know, we there's a lot going on and they're talking about opening more things up. Hopefully we we do have football and I'll be super excited for it. Um mm-hmm. 
but you know, do your parts, ladies and gentlemen. You know, I know a lot of, a lot of people want to get out and have fun and you know go eat out at restaurants, all that good stuff like that. Just be disciplined, man. Be be villain, you know, be, be vigilant and, and be smart yeah. about everything, man. Because and just because they open up doesn't mean you have to go out. Yeah, no. Just hey, one listen. Minute. Do you, like they say in church, man, the spirit of discernment, discern what's going on. And, and if this is the place you, if, if that's what you, which your spirit is telling you to go, by all means, cool. But mm-hmm. it, for me and my household, we're not going anywhere unless it's work or to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. And what they say out of church is don't be an idiot. You should dag on brain. Right. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Eugene, we're going to let you close it out with our normal saying here. Yes. Um, uh, ladies and gentlemen, please, as we go through this pandemic, we want to pull out of it. We want to pull out of it healthy and strong. And we want to get back to sports. So in order to do that, we need all you people out there to wash your damn hands. <laughs> so please, please, this is, this is, I mean, this is a public service announcement from us here at On The Clock Podcast to you good people in the world. Wash your damn hands. Yeah. All right. Until next time. See you guys.